Good morning. If you would pray with me, please. Almighty God, Almighty Father, how we give thanks and honor and praise to you. Gathering us here together today. for calling us as your own, for the gift of your beloved Son. And I pray, Lord, as you know all of our stories, all of our circumstances, that you'd make our hearts soft to you today, giving us the ears we need to hear, the eyes that we need to see, and the heart that's inclined to you. We pray your blessing and your grace upon us by the person of God, the Holy Spirit, in our midst. That you'd move upon us. Move upon us, we pray. As we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. So um, this morning, I'd like to look at this text from Revelation chapter one, so either get your Bible or your pamphlet. Um, this is the celebration of Epiphany that we are looking at. It's exactly on January 6th, but um, Epiphany is that moment that you get it. Get it? <laughs> it's, it's that moment where you have the aha. Didn't get it, but now you get it. You, this thing happens. The proverbial light bulb goes off, and you go, ah. Didn't see it, now I see it. Got it? Yeah, I do, thanks. Epiphany. It's the, um, it's the moment that uh, in the church that we come together to, to celebrate a season after the Christmas event of the person of Jesus coming into the world. It's that image of the, the appearing, that's the word means uh, to shine forth, the appearing, the revealing, the, the light comes into the dark and you see. And uh, growing up, we uh, celebrated the feast and the celebration of Epiphany, and, and uh, we heard the historical sound of it, of all that happened, and I just need to say it right out, I did not get it, just didn't. I mean, absolute Epiphany, whatever. I mean, it's like, um, yeah, growing up, it was, uh, it was one of those moments where I was hearing the story of God revealing in the past, the appearing of the Lord in his mighty works in the past, and the coming appearance of our Lord Jesus in the future, when he appears in glory to come, but it had no impact on me in the present at all. Um, I got it in the past, I got it in the future, but I didn't get it. Just didn't connect, didn't make any sense to me. And uh, the thing that's odd about that is that, um, is that it, it, takes a, it takes an event to happen for us to be able to, to get it. And in some ways, what I'd like to do is, is look therefore at the very opening of this text where we see these words from John in the book of Revelation chapter one, verse nine, as you see in your pamphlet there, chapter one, verse nine, and he says to us, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, or your companion in the suffering. What John is saying, he's on the island of Patmos. 
He's in exile, he's in prison. John is, is in every way dealing with the sufferings of this world. And what he's doing in this writing is coming alongside and saying, I'm a companion with you. I get where you are. I know where you are. He's coming alongside and giving this sort of moment. I know the troubles of life. For him, he's in persecution. For him, he's exiled because of the testimony of Jesus and the word of the Lord. But he knows suffering. He knows tribulation. And John is coming alongside. I wonder if um, it's not hard to say this, that you know about suffering. This past week I was with a friend and, and um, just, this, just the moments before he and I met, moments before this wave of anxiety had come over him, this wave of panic had come over. And he was simply disoriented. And he and I met, and he was looking at me, and I could see something was not there. Anybody know what that feels like? When the anxiety hits, there's a, there's a sense of fear inside of you. The earth has felt like it's shaking on some level. There's not a, a, a sense of control. You don't, you don't know exactly the, the balance of things. Sometimes you feel it physically. You can, you can feel the mouth suddenly turning dry. You can feel that cold sweat on the, on the brow of your head. You can feel that chill going down your spine. And you, you just simply feel, you feel like, you feel sometimes like you're in a room that's closing in and it's dark and, and there are walls. There's no door out. There's no window out. And this, this choking, begin, this fear begins to take over. Sometimes you want to just be able to reach out to somebody and say it, but you don't, you don't want to tell somebody you're feeling it because you, you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't, you don't, want, to, you don't want to let somebody in. You, you don't want to feel shame because you're feeling this way, and so, so you've got to handle it on your own. Just that sense of isolating, the sense of handling, I'm going to handle this on my own. I'm going to figure this out which is exactly what's happening in a pandemic world. Uh, isn't it right? In, in a world where our culture is all, everything is very isolating. We don't really trust others. We're having to go it by ourselves. And we're getting confused. In a culture that's very confused, sometimes we get confused. We don't know who we are. We've, we've lost a sense of identity. We've lost a sense of bearing. We've lost a sense of meaning. We've lost a sense of purpose in life. Who am I? Does it matter who I am? Does anybody care who I am? Can anybody see me? Do I want somebody to see me? And so we go into survivor mode. Survivor mode is that, that something I've got to put balance in my life somehow. I've got to reorder, I've got to reorg, I've got to redesign, I've got to do something to make this feeling of panic inside of me go away. Some people um, run, exercise. Uh, some people sleep. Uh, many people medicate, uh, drink, uh, do something. Just, just get the feeling out. Get something to make me, oftentimes our outlets are unhealthy outlets, but we've got to do something that makes it go that we survive today. And somebody comes alongside and sees you and says, I get it. 
I'm a companion with you in suffering. I know where you are. Sometimes the greatest relief that we can find is finding someone who understands. In a world where we don't feel safe, somebody who helps us feel safe, that we can actually speak to. And what John does in this text is what we do for each other. John isn't going to leave us here. He's going to take us on a journey. He's going to tell his story. And sometimes the very simplest thing to do, and this is what your text actually says, it says it in in verse 10, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Let me just take that in two pieces. On the Lord's day, on the Lord's day. It's the only time it's mentioned in scripture, on the Lord's day. It's that it's, it's Easter day, it's resurrection morning, it's Sunday morning. Yes, you who've come out in the cold to huddle in and remain cold. You've, you've, you've come alongside to worship, you've come alongside to pray. You've, you've got, there's a discipline, there's a routine. And when you feel life is out of order and out of balance, the one thing that you need is some sense of balance, some sense of order. And John, on the Lord's day, he knows what to do. He turns away from the circumstances he's, he's in and puts his eyes upon the Lord. Sometimes it's a discipline to do this, but what it does is it changes the conversation. It gets the eyes off the circumstances. It gets the eyes off what's, what's spiraling us and puts, us, puts our eyes on something else outside of us. And John's taking us there. Come, come, come with me. Just come with me. You might not make any sense to you. Come with me. I don't know if I want God, so I just want remedy to my soul. Just come with me. Just put some discipline in this. Let's just change the subject, change the conversation. Get your eyes upon the Lord on the Lord's day. And sometimes that alone just begins a process. Process of it's just not all about me right this moment. Come on, just come with me. Get your eyes upon the Lord. And then that phrase, in the spirit. And there's something about when you're not going to go alone anymore. You choose not to go alone when somebody's with you and you begin to get your eyes upon the Lord. You get into the fellowship, the community. You begin to sing songs. You begin to, you begin to get in and you begin to feel the presence of the Lord in the midst of the community. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The gift of the Holy Spirit the gift of the presence of the Lord. It may be a strange thing, it may be distant, but you suddenly feel a calm that you may not have felt before, a peace that you, that you didn't have before. You might just feel the love, a love, something on the other's faces. You're hearing something. It's beginning just simply to come into your heart. There's, there's a sense that you're not alone right this moment, here in this community. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then John, and then John just gives testimony. John just gives testimony. This is the thing about testimony. I just love testimony. I love testimony. Because testimony says, you heard about it in the past? I did. Heard about it in the future? I did. It's in the present. What do you mean it's in the present? It happened to me. What do you mean it happened to you? It happened to me. 
what you begin to hear is when you hear somebody's story is that you realize that they've got a story in the present that you might get a story in the present. Epiphany becomes possible. This idea that, that you've seen it, if you've seen it, you're sorry self you, maybe I can see it, sorry self me. Epiphanus, epiphany, something happens in the heart. And John tells this story. It was on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and as we were doing what we were doing, and all of a sudden, I heard a voice. The Lord said, write, tell everybody, send it to the churches, tell the people who are suffering. Write, speak, testify. And John turns, and the first thing that John sees, as you can see in your text, the first thing John sees is, a, is seven lampstands. Seven lampstands, the picture of the church. I, I grew up and the church said, if it was a lampstand, it was out. <laughs> if it was a dark room and you had a lampstand and it wasn't plugged in or it wasn't, the oil wasn't fueling it, that's the church I grew up in. You came, you went, and it was just dead. But John sees the church as a light into the dark world. John sees the church as epiphany, light in the midst of suffering. And there, in the midst of the lampstand, John sees one like a son of man. There he is, in the midst of the lampstand. And that is his promise to us, where two or three are gathered together. Do you know the rest of the verse? where two or three are gathered together. I am there. That's what makes the church alive. It isn't the greatness of the worship team. It isn't the greatness of the speakers. It isn't the greatness of any person. It's the fact that Jesus is here in the midst of the lampstand because he always makes a difference. And he in the present, just like he promised. And I will be with you always even to the end of the age. And then John just sees him in his glory. You have nine descriptions of John beholding the glory of the Lord Jesus. And it's very much just like what Daniel saw in Daniel 10. It's very much like what happened to Peter, John, and James at the transfiguration. It's the same kind of brilliance, the glory. You're beginning to see his lordship the lordship of Jesus. And John sees him, sees him in the glory. And this is the thing about, about it. When you've got those, when you feel like your world is so out of control and you don't know what to do, to all of a sudden realize it's not about you. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait. It's not just about you and it's not just about what God can do for you. It's actually just about him. It's not about me. Who wants to be in any arena where it's just not about me? In a consumer world, thank you, Lord, for the world around us because everybody knows it's all about me. Not in this one. Not in this one. Because he changes the subject. He always changes the subject. And John just falls down on his face. Down on his face in fear, in terror, in awe, 
in reverence because the glory of Jesus is so beautiful. And what happens next is what makes all the difference. Jesus takes his right hand and lays it on John. Just like he did at the transfiguration. Same thing happened at the transfiguration. That touch, everything is okay. Or listen to his words, do not be afraid. Oh, those waves of anxiety to hear the words, do not be afraid. to feel his touch, that it's personal, that it's relational, that he sees you, that he knows you, that he loves you. And then saying the words, do not be afraid. I am the first, I am the last, I am the living one, I got this. I don't know what your story is, but to hear him say, I got this, I got this. Jesus, Lord, I've got this. Things are out of control, I've got this. Things don't feel safe, I've got this. Feels, it feels dark in here, I am the light of the world. I've got this. I'm the first, I'm the last, I'm the living one, I've got you. It is, it's the same kind of, of story that we hear in Psalm 23, that famous psalm, but the verse four that's so key, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod, thy staff, you, you, you comfort me. There is nothing like that moment, there's just nothing like that moment when suddenly you feel seen and feel known. And this is what happens to John. This is what happens in, the, in this moment that Jesus says, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last and the living one. I was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. I was dead. And that's the thing that happens so often when we are in the presence of the Lord. We begin to feel in our own heart just simply that sense of of unworthiness, that sense of being unclean, that sense of the conviction of our sin, that sense, that sense that there's something wrong inside. And there he says it, yes, but I died. I have come for you. I've come to forgive. I've come to cleanse. I've come to wash. I've come to be with you. I not only died, but I'm alive forevermore. Unless you fear life, Unless you fear death, he says in his hands, I have the keys of death and of Hades. I, I have the keys in my hand. I have overcome. And this is, the, this is the gift that John comes to give. This is the testimony that John comes to bear for, for those of us who are in struggle, where John says, I, John, your brother, a partner, a companion in suffering, am also a companion in the kingdom of God. I'm a, I'm a 
companion in the patient endurance that's found in Jesus. We're going to make it. Let me show that epiphany is possible for you. Epiphany is possible. Epiphany is possible. Almost all through the scriptures, this story, this record is taught. And the apostles are very aware. Take, for example, if I could, from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the way the apostle Paul describes this in verses 4 to 6. What he teaches here is, we know that the God of this world, the ancient serpent, Satan, the devil, the God of this world, he blinds the minds of the unbelieving that we may not be able to see the light of the glory of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. This is always what the devil has done. He blocks us from epiphany. He blocks us from revelation. He blocks us from the appearing. He keeps us focused in the panics of this life. He keeps us, he keeps us so that we remain in the dark. And that any time we catch a glimpse of the light, we push the light away. Everything he wants to do is to keep us isolated, to keep us alone, to keep us by ourselves, to make us survivors, to make us feel like somehow in this life we're going to do it ourselves and we're going to triumph. The devil keeps us, blinds us from epiphany. In verse 5 of that section, what it says is, therefore we do not preach ourselves but we preach Christ Jesus as Lord. In other words, we do what John did. We grab people's hands who are suffering in this life, who are feeling the anxieties and the tortures of this life. We grab their hand and say, it's time to change the subject. I want to bring you to the person of Jesus. Not just historical Jesus. Not just some theology not just some religion, not just, not just something about what is to come or what was and what happened. I want to bring him to you and you to him today. So we preach Christ Jesus as Lord. His presence here in the midst of the moments that we feel most panic. And we tell people it's possible to have an epiphany. It's possible. And that's what verse 6 says. For God said, chapter 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verse 6, God said, God who said at the beginning, let there be light. At the very beginning of creation, let there be light. He is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. He comes to shine in our heart. He comes to shine in our heart. Jesus is Lord. The glory of God. We are not alone. And that, my friends, is what we do with each other. If we just believe to know epiphany is possible, Epiphany is real, that we might come to know him in our life. And when we know that we know and we get it, because we might not get it, if you don't get it, don't worry about it, just keep on focused. 
Help us just keep on focused on who the Lord is. But there's going to come a day when all of a sudden you're going to rise up and you're going to say, you got it. You told me you got it. I didn't get it. But guess what now? I get it. I got it. It happened for me. And when that moment happens, we suddenly find out who we are and why we are created and that we have a purpose. And we have a way of staying together so when the next anxiety hits, we have a place to go and have people come alongside to help us. That the epiphany might be ours and that we might see Jesus. Heavenly Father, this morning we simply pray that you come help us. You know us perfectly as we already prayed. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open. All desires are known. From you no secrets are hid. And so we pray for each of us, Lord, that you might cleanse our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. That if we're in that feeling of being isolated and alone right this moment, that you'd open the eyes of our hearts and bring that epiphany to us, that we might know your presence and your love to us today and your comfort. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.